My guest for today's episode is Chris Robertson, who is the second fastest beer miler in history and the American record holder with his 437 personal best. The only person faster than him is world record holder and Canada's own Corey Belmore, who has run 434. And a quick word before we go any further, listener's discretion is advised. There's obviously a lot of beer talk on this episode, and we wanted to make it clear that we're not encouraging irresponsible or dangerous behavior or drinking. That's obviously the case if you're not 21 years old or legal drinking age. Chris is a professional at this, so some of what you might hear might come from his experience getting to that level. In this episode, I got a chance to sit down with him while I was in Chicago for a couple weeks. We talk about how he got so fast at this event. We'll dive into some of the history and the evolution since the first sub-five beer mile was run in 2014, how fast he thinks the limit can be, and much more. He's also run 10.18 for a world record in the beer two-mile. That's just a literally disgusting performance. So we talk about that and his hopes as the new owner of of beermile.com. So without further ado, here is Chris Robertson. All right, Chris Robertson, welcome to the City of Smag podcast. This is actually one of the uh, few episodes I've been able to do since COVID in person. We are in Chicago. First off, I think the most important thing is we've got some beers out because it's just only right for the American record holder in the beer mile. Uh, what are we drinking here? We are drinking Off Color Brewing Apex Predator. So this is a Chicago brewery, and this is on tap at a lot of bars and restaurants around the city. So kind of a kind of a go-to for me when I'm out and about and I can't decide what I want to get. I'll just grab this as kind of a default uh, great beer to have with a meal or just on its own. Yeah. So uh, how long have you been in Chicago for? Uh, just over five years now. I moved to Chicago right after graduating from Iowa State University. Nice. And so in sort of doing my research for this episode, the biggest thing that stood out to me was that you went to Iowa State, but you weren't a member of the track team there. Is That's that correct. correct? That is correct. You ran on like the club team or something like that? Yes. Yes. I actually tried out for the team my freshman year. Uh, I wasn't quite fast enough in high school uh especially my junior year of high school didn't really go well i had injuries sickness etc so i didn't actually have any good times on the board until really track of senior year and at that point it's kind of too late so uh just decided to go to iowa state for the academic for academic reasons and figured maybe i'll find a way to walk onto the team tried out for the team didn't make it uh but it ended up in hindsight being a good uh good overall experience because the running club there were still super fast guys we still competed uh, nationally against other clubs and uh, got to train hard and got to actually have a little bit more fun with it as well and not have that you know three-hour commitment every day and, and have more time to dedicate to academics and, and all of that too. So where does running begin for you? Was it, was it a high school sport that you picked up or, or take me through that timeline of your introduction to the sport? Yeah, it, it was actually earlier than that. My, my dad grew or my dad ran as I was growing up uh, just at local road races and, and that sort of thing. So I kind of knew about running as a sport at a very young age and uh, started running some random road races in elementary school and, and some random track meets and like the Hershey track meet for youth. I did that when I was growing up, but I didn't really start taking it super, super seriously until probably like junior high, high school. And that's when I eventually decided to not go out for basketball or soccer anymore. I, I didn't have a growth spurt until mid late high school. So I yeah, decided to forego those and just focus on running and, and in high school then really just took running seriously. So I think what, one thing that will stick with a lot of people is this fact that 
when you got to to college, you decided to to compete for the club team. And I guess can you describe for me what that competitive scene is like compared to running for a D1 school or even just like the experiences that people have, you know, with that strict schedule of, you know, three hours a day, whether it's, you know, lifting in the morning, practice in the afternoon. Um, what's it like for, for a club runner? Uh, and did you do, you did it all four years? I did it. Yep. Did it all, all the years that I was at Iowa state. It's, it's similar in a lot of ways. The, everyone that does it, um, at least those that take it seriously, obviously some people just show up just for this social Mm -hmm. aspect of it and recreational aspect of it, but there's still, because there still is that national club championship, mm-hmm. uh, we still took it seriously as a team. Like we want to win this, this club championship. We're training for that race. We're going to peak for it, et cetera. So it was still, you know, obviously training every day of the week, uh, some days doing doubles, meeting at the Iowa state cross country course for, you know, a big interval session every week doing the long runs. So it was really similar in that regard. I think it was just more laid back, less pressure, more lax in that, uh, you know, it didn't prevent us from doing things outside of running and having fun as well. Like I still played like intramural basketball mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things, which I would have never done if I was on a D one team just for risk of getting hurt and, and everything like that. So were lot, the PR yeah. still coming along to the point where maybe do you, you only tried out once I did only try out once. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially if I had really like pushed the issue, maybe I, maybe I could have, uh, especially freshman year. I remember actually doing some of the Iowa state track meets mm-hmm. unattached and beating some of the Iowa state guys. Uh, so potentially, uh, but either way, I, once I met, uh, the guys that were on the club team, I kind of just at that point said, no, this is a great group of people. I didn't really think and regret not being on the team any longer. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of st- stuck with that and, and, and knew that it was going to be a good group, knew that there were people faster than me in the club that could push me and so no need to make a change and i think like being a club runner that also just opens up the opportunity for you to uh compete on not just the track right i'm sure like you guys hopped in uh, in a bunch of road races and one of the things that i've always been a proponent for is i think like the half marathon is a distance that maybe some college like the ncaa should like adopt because you know 10k runners we've gotten to the point where we understand that the 10k is not like the most you know enticing event on the track it's really hard to watch but a half marathon could be something that who knows what like edward cheserick could have probably run while he was in college and so um i like the fact that club runners have that flexibility i do too yeah for club running it's actually really nice the way they have it set up currently it's cross country in the fall and in the spring you actually have both track and a half marathon road championship so it gives that optionality it's unfortunate that the track and half marathon kind of clash so you know you have some talent doing the half some talent doing track but that optionality is great and then the just the ability to scatter in road races throughout Mm -hmm. the year as well and and some club folks focus on a marathon some will focus on track it just really varies but that having those options versus being stuck in the exact seasons as they yeah. come it is nice to have some flexibility around that and you can pick up prize money right and you can pick up prize money exactly there's no uh, turning down and worrying about your ncaa eligibility you can go to these road races and clean up a little bit yeah um it's sort of is that why when i look at some of the prs that i've been able to find for you we've got like a really solid like half marathon 68 19 and even like the marathon 224 31 that's because like you took to the roads much sooner. I always think that there's this, you know, this period of time where, you know, when you're 25, 26, there's still some guys like doing stuff on the, on the track, but it's like, maybe that's a good time to also, you know, test the roads and you've gotten to do that. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think 
it, it was good because I got that balance. I was still doing some track races throughout and working on speed as well, because that's obviously necessary for the longer distance, but getting exposure to it early on also just let me know whether I liked it or not and mm -hmm. knew whether I wanted to focus on it. So especially now I, I yeah, I, th I look at the half marathon and marathon PRs. I'm like really excited to give those a go again whenever we're able to race, because mm -hmm. I think they're some of my weaker ones potentially even. And, and I know there's a lot of opportunity there. So yeah, really looking forward to continuing that on the roads. I feel like we're going on for a bit, but we need to bring in the component of drinking. And I think the biggest thing that I'm sort of wondering, and I'm sure other people probably are when it comes to like these, you know, high level beer milers is when did you make that sort of discovery that, <laughs> Hey, I'm really good at chugging beers. And then that the fact that you could combine it with running. It's interesting because it was never like a point in time that I discovered I was good at, at chugging beers. Mm -hmm. It was really a, uh, just, just like distance running is, it was a gradual progression over time. I had the, it, a couple beer miles that I did in college, I'd say probably two a year is kind of the typical, like mm -hmm. each season the team gets together, has a beer mile. Uh, I was pretty decent at it. I would run in like the sixes and sevens, but it wasn't like I did the first one and could chug a beer in six seconds. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't the case. So it wasn't until like the end of college, I finally just had a good day and ran like 528 and submitted my time to beermile.com. And then all of a sudden I get an email from FlowTrack a couple months later asking if I wanna to go to the world championships. And that's when I actually realized, oh, I guess I'm decent enough at this to mm -hmm. go. I was definitely at the back of the, the pack that year of, of those that got invited, but that was really the point where I was like, wow, if I actually practiced drinking mm -hmm. and chugging maybe maybe there's something to this maybe i can actually get on the podium and compete because i remember i was with flow track sort of at that point where you know the sub five mile is broken in the beer mile and it's right. very much like the roger banister story where banister breaks four minutes and it opens the floodgates and there's other guys who think they can do it and they go ahead and do it um i forget who it was oh, it was james nielsen james nielsen was the, yeah. the guy who uh the beast i think was his nickname mm -hmm. he broke five minutes and all of a sudden you just had guys going under and taking uh, taking cracks at it to the point where flow track decided to kind of you know bring some more attention into the beer mile really you know produced an upscale production for that world championships the year that you did it was that the one that was held in like the parking lot yes yep i i did uh i didn't do the very first flow track championship mm -hmm. which was at a, a racetrack like a, a driving do, racetrack but, yeah, yeah. but i did the two after that that were around a parking lot and had lots of crazy turns and right angles and mm -hmm. everything else I do, yeah. So I, I remember when I think the final year that I was working for them was like December 2014 ish. So it might have been, was that the year that you did it? Or? Uh, one year later, okay. 2015 was my first year. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, what did you sort of make? Because we probably both were in college at the same time watching, right. you know, the first sub five happen. And then from there, the 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 beer mile does get elevated to that point what, what did you sort of make of it to the point that you started getting involved yeah i think a big reason that i went for my my last year of college the reason i kind of went for a good beer mile time was because of that first flow track championships i remember streaming it live and thinking like obviously they're running a five flat beer mile mm -hmm. this is fast but at the same time thinking these guys don't have as good a prs as me in the mile so like why can't i run that sort of time like i can do that and so that was really where I was like, okay, I'm going to do a few beer miles throughout my last year of college and, and see if I can 
see if I can put some sort of time up on the board. Uh, and so that really was like a good mm -hmm. just inspiration point of like, maybe I could do this. These are just normal guys, yeah, too, yeah. you know? And and sort of now we're, we're in 2020. That's, you know, five years ago, five, six years ago since the very first one. Um, if you go back and watch those sort of races, what can you see as like, man, they were really so far behind the times at, as to like, here are the pockets of time that were really wasted. Was it just on, on the chugging or have, have faster people just started doing it more? I think more that faster people have started doing it more. There, there's certainly some improvement in chugging over time. I mean, I, I, but at this point, like, I don't think I can get any faster at chugging. It's a matter of like, can you just pour it out of the bottle as fast as it'll come mm -hmm. out down your throat? But I think earlier on, yeah, a lot of those guys that were doing it in the in the early championships, they could, they could chug really well and they mm -hmm. could chug the whole beer in one go and everything. So I don't know if there was as much, maybe a few seconds here and there on the chugging, but I think it was just a matter of you had a wave of like say 430, 440 milers mm -hmm. doing it that could chug pretty well to then you have some guys that are like 14s and 40s and then, you know, a couple pros trying it here and there. And, yeah, it, yeah. and it's just a matter of finding that right combination of, is there, is there the person that can actually handle the four beers and chug them fast. That is also, you know, a four Oh miler mm -hmm. or a, a sub four miler. So you, you mentioned you get, you've gotten to the point where you don't think you can chug any faster. How does one get faster at that? And like, was it like, did you just start training for it? That, yeah. I, I, more or less. Yes. Um, the way to train for it is just chugging water out of an empty beer bottle or can, whatever mm -hmm. you're going to use. If you're going to use a beer bottle, just leave it by your kitchen sink and a couple times a day, just fill it up with water and chug it. And if you do that five times a day throughout an entire year, you're, you're mm -hmm. going to get pretty second nature with, with chugging something out of a, out of a bottle. So, so that's all I did to improve the chugging, uh, over time. And then it really just comes down to, you just got to run faster and get faster. So now there's no, like chugging training for me. I think it's mm -hmm. just kind of like second nature, like riding a bike, like I can just chug the beer. Okay. And, the, and four beers isn't enough where it, it makes my stomach so upset that I can't run. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not certainly not comfortable, but so for now, for going forward, it's really just kind of get faster at the mile, which is kind of, kind of daunting in a way mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's hard to go into a race and say, not only do I have to chug four beers, but I have to PR in the mile today yeah. too. Not a great, not a great, mental uh place to be going in because you know it's gonna hurt but, yeah but that's what it that's what it is at this point well the i think that's one of the things that i i really like sort of of the event is that you need to get two sets of stars to align you need to have a really good drinking day and you also need to have a really good running day and there's no guarantee that either one of those things lines up definitely and that's where the world championships are super fun because mm -hmm. you don't know what the, what the outcome is going to be even if uh, like the world record holder, Corey Belmore, even he, like he's way faster than everybody, but he could just as easily, you know, screw up and have a day where his stomach mm -hmm. can't handle it and he throws up or he spills a bunch of beer or he can't get a bottle open. I mean, anything can happen. Uh, one downside of that is that you go to, into one of those races and maybe you look at the results of the race and it doesn't look as, as fast or as good mm -hmm. as you think it would, because it is that case where half of the people in any given race on any given day, they're going to have something go wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're either they're running, they're hurt or whatever reason, and they're out of shape or on the drinking side, they just have a bad day and they vomit or they just can't what, for whatever reason, just get the beers down. So, so you look at the end result mm -hmm. and it's like half the people basically choked, you know, for, yeah. for lack of a better word, but that's just kind of part of the game is it's, you got to have the best of both worlds on the right day. This is something I've never really thought of watching them, but is there tactics that could be, be, uh, like play a role into it where 
hypothetically, you know, in a regular race, someone could, you know, go off with like a pacer and it, it, I'm just talking about a regular track yeah. race and someone sits back and they're, they know when they're going to make their move. Now in the beer mile, is there something where you could bank time on chugging early on and then, you know, see that someone's maybe not doing so hot <laughs> on like a certain, on like their second beer where you tactically scale it back and then, you know, maybe let loose on the third and fourth. Like, is that, is, can the beer mile get that intricate? I think it can to some extent. May, I, I think it still is at the point where everyone just is kind of, they're going all out as fast as they can for themselves. Right. You have to worry race. about yourself. You yeah. have to worry about yourself. If, if, it, if it came down to there being a cluster of people that all had roughly the same mm-hmm. PRs and talent ability, I think that that could, certainly could be a thing, especially thinking on like the running piece of it. Like maybe someone's strategy would be to take everyone out super hard so they're out of breath so right. they can't chug well. That could be a strategy or just sitting and sitting and sitting and maybe even like as you're going in to grab the beers, like keeping someone on the outside of mm-hmm. you so they can't get in to get their beer. Like there is a lot of things that that you could possibly do for that. But at this point, it really is just kind of, you know, Corey's the fastest by five seconds, 10 seconds, then then me and then the next person. So it's really kind mm-hmm. of still at the point where it's just individualized. I remember when Nick Simmons set like then like the American record right. and it was 509, I think is what it was, um, which is funny enough, like my coach, Steve Finley, was actually one of the it was the guy who like filmed that 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 video. Um, one of the things that I remember afterwards was he talked about burping and like burping on the uh, it was either on the turns or on the straights. And he had like a strategy to that and burping off out of the side of his mouth so that he wouldn't throw up. What is, what is sort of like your uh, technique when it comes to, when it comes to that? I don't know if I have anything specific there. I mean, burp as much as possible while running. That's certainly the technique, but I don't have any like fancy, like burp yeah. sideways or burp this way <laughs> or burp that way. It's just, if I have to burp, I'm going to burp mm-hmm. and let it out and, and hopefully get as much carbonation out as possible before the next beer. You recently had Simmons on, on your podcast, uh, which I haven't gotten a chance to, to listen to just yet, but what uh, were some of his takeaways that, that in your just sort of discussion of, of the evolution of the, of the, of the beer mile? Kind of similar to what we're saying right now is he just recognized that, you know, once it blew up, it just became an arms race for mm-hmm. that fastest time. And, you know, the times have gotten crazy. So he was asking, you know, what do you think? what do you think that the max could be that someone could run? And, uh, you know, I was really grilling him on, are you going to ever do one again? Whatever. And he, he said it wasn't really, he didn't need an excuse to run or drink anymore. He can do those without an excuse, <laughs> uh, which was pretty funny. But I, I was really curious if he would come back and be like a commentator for the world championships for the beer mile, just because his personality is like very large. And he, mm-hmm. I think he would be a, a good fit for that. And he understands uh, what all goes into it. But we, we had a discussion on just what's the fastest that we think someone could run for a beer mile. And I still kind of hold that. I think maybe around 420. you have like a, a three fifty five mm-hmm. to four minute mile, because you're probably not going to run a, a three forty nine mile if you're drinking four beers. But if you're that right. upper threes in the mile and then, you know, roughly six seconds per beer, it gets you around 420 is probably, I don't know current yeah. limit who knows anything well, can happen maybe it'll be a sub four someday <laughs> who knows it, it's, that is funny to think about um so beer mile though current world record is 424.4 that's actually so on a, that was actually a race where uh cory got disqualified 
So the the mm. official world record is 433. Oh, okay. Corey did run 424, uh, but they at the world championship races they measure the amount of foam you have left in your bottles, and he had too much left, so he got disqualified. Um, but he certainly could. Right. It, on the right day, he could. He's a mid 420s guy for sure. Like he, it's not that he he cheated by 10 seconds or anything. No, he's he ran 424. He he might have just needed to slow down a little bit and been like a 426. And then your PR is 437. Yeah. And so that's number two in the world all time. Uh, American record hole, uh, American record. Um, so kind of like if we look hypothetically at Corey's time being, he's a, uh, you know, he's a 357 miler mm-hmm. and he's run, you know, 424. That's 27 seconds. The difference between your straight up mile PR, four, right. 413 to 437 is smaller than than his. Is there a case to be made there that maybe yours is a little bit more impressive? <laughs> I would like to think so. I mean, I, I I certainly have done more beer miles than Corey. I, I'm a more, uh, I just have more repetitions under my belt, so I kind of have the process down maybe a little bit more than he does. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think even still, like 413 is a little stale PR for me. I think at best I'm maybe like a 408, 409. So regardless, he's mm-hmm. you know 12 seconds faster. Uh, but right now, officially, he's only four seconds ahead in the world, like his 433 world record to my 437. So that's kind of why I look at it as like, now's my time to get yeah. it before he, <laughs> before he goes for it again. And, and if he's listening, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it this spring before he has another opportunity, because I think once he, once mm-hmm. he does go after it again, unless I can, you know, figure out a way to get in good enough shape to start being like a 405 or a 402 right. miler, uh, if he throws down a 424, I think that really is actual, you know, game over for me on, on ever having a chance at the world record. So is there a rumor that he might do it anytime soon? Like, what are you hearing? I don't know. I don't think soon. Okay. Um, I think he, I mean, he's a very opportunity. I, he's, he's going for the, you know, Canadian Olympic team. Like that's his main okay. goal yeah. versus the beer mile. So it's very opportunistic for him. Like if there's a, a beer mile world championship, uh, he didn't do it this past summer because of injury, but if, if there's an event like that, he'll do it. I don't think he'll be one to go to the track by himself and yeah, yeah. try to run like a 425 or whatever, unless maybe, unless I take the record from him temporarily, he might, he might feel the need to go do that. <laughs> but I think, I think he'll, his next attempt will likely be at a world championship in, in June, July, whenever that is. Yeah. Do you have plans to take another crack at it? And you, I know you did it in September, but, uh, I mean, how how far apart do you have to sort of like space these these peak beer mile attempts apart (laughs) yeah at this point the only thing stopping me is weather really i just yeah and and i i took a slight break from like mile training and so at this point i think i need to kind of just build up and have Mm -hmm. a good full mile training cycle and maybe give it a go and like April, maybe even March if it's nice weather, but I, I think I'm just running out of nice days. It's windy every day here. It's yeah. like going to be 30. I don't think that's going to be ideal for mile PR fitness. What I told, uh, we met up at the Montrose track a couple days ago and I said to you, I was like, well, I've never heard of an indoor uh, beer mile go down, um, especially because that is eight laps around a track. So I'm guessing you'd have to do beer two laps beer two laps um but you know we've got to find a indoor track around here in chicago and maybe maybe do do that (laughs) i would i would love to do that yeah if i if i knew that i wouldn't get 
arrested or fined for doing it at a track if they even even if i have to do it at like two in the morning i don't care yeah. I'll, I'll pick a time when no one's there i would love to go for that that'd be so fun depaul if you if you're listening to this <laughs> you know just you know uh chris will will take care of all the cans there won't be any spillage on the track he'll clean up after himself just l- let let this happen <laughs> exactly yes and i'll i'll even pay you a few hundred bucks like i'll i'll pay you a big entry fee to do it <laughs> uh so you're you're sort of like your full-time job is the director of product partnership at Virgin Pulse. So what what exactly does that entail? Yeah, I uh, basically lead uh, our strategic partnerships. So talking to uh, potential partners in the health and wellness space. Mm -hmm. Um, Our company is a uh, B2B company that basically sells our health and wellness platform to employers to help them save money on their health Mm -hmm. costs and get people healthy basically. And so it's kind of my job to figure out, you know, what could, what, other companies could be partnering with to make mm-hmm. that a, a much better product. And so kind of where I wanted to go with that is like, do your colleagues know just how good of a beer mall you are? I think so. Most of them do. Most of them do. Um, it's not brought up often, uh, but it, it certainly has been brought up. I think maybe it's even in waves, like the company's big enough and, you know, kind of spread out around the world enough mm-hmm. that I think maybe it kind of goes through waves and in pockets of like who has found out recently, because <laughs> I've definitely been on some calls and someone's like, oh my gosh, like someone on my team told me about your beer mile video. And so, yeah, I, I think the majority of them are, are aware of it for sure. And it, it's hard because it's, it's 2020 and like there haven't been too many like, you know, office happy hours and that kind of stuff. But like, it's never gotten to the point where, you know, they're like, all right, Chris, chug, chug, whatever it is <laughs> as quick as you can. <laughs> it has not gotten to that point. No, no, it's, it's never something that I will proactively like bring up in a conversation Mm -hmm. in a business conversation. But in in a few years ago, like when I first started doing it, I was more hesitant on like, Oh, I just want to deny, 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 you know what I mean? But, but now it's like, no, I'm going to own it. Like if someone brings it up, I'm just going to, I'm going to own it. And the the response is usually pretty great. Like people think it's hilarious. People think it's awesome. So I, no, I I totally own it now, but it's not something I'm going to, you know, meet someone new at work that's above me and be like, Hey, did you, did you know that I (laughs) I drink beers and run around a track now? That's not going to come up. Well, you've got it. You've got the easiest part now, whenever it comes to, you know, those office icebreakers are like, all right, name where you're from and, you know, give us a fun fact about yourself. Well, it's obviously like I'm the American record holder in the beer mile. That's true. That's true. Two time world champ. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. 2017 and 2020. 20, this year. Yeah. Yep. How was it held this year? Virtually. Really? Virtually. It was actually really fun. I kind of liked the format, honestly. It was you had a week period, do as many beer miles as you want, submit your best one. Um, so you had to have, you know, film it and everything mm-hmm. like that, but submit your best one. And then they compiled all the videos into, uh, um, into a really good production. And it was, it was almost, it was very uh, nerve wracking because you don't know if you, like where you are at in the rankings right. because throughout the week you're not supposed to say your results. So you put up a time and you're like, is it good enough? I don't know if yeah. it's good enough. So I ended up doing it three different times. I went every other day until I finally broke 440 and I was like, okay, that's all I'm good. That's all I got in me this week. So once I did that, I was like, I just got to hope that that's, that's good enough. Are you just Strava stalking at that point? Like, are you like, all right, I think this guy's going to be in. Yeah. And then I don't, I don't start my watch when I'm doing the beer mile itself. So I didn't have any Stravas of it, but people would comment like other beer milers around the world would comment on mine and they'd see like a warm up at the track. I like 7 PM and they're like, okay, like I know you're going for an attempt, like trying to get some insight on how it went. So yeah, that's definitely going on. What is sort of like the state you think of the popularity of the beer mile? Because I, I, you know, as an outside observer, I see it as, you know, it used to be this thing, you know, 
college kids would just do it uh, at the end of their season, gather on, hop the fence in the dark, you know, do it with their teammates. And it was this thing that everyone really talked about. And it was a good thing to look forward to at the end of the year. Flow Track comes along in 2014, 15, holds like their own world championships and really brings it to the mainstream. And there's like a lot of eyeballs on it. I think it got even to the point where like Darren Ravel uh, mm-hmm. tweeted about how, you know, the beer mile is like the future. And like there's going to be a time when there's going to be a million dollars to like the top beer mile or something like that, or, or that he saw that sort of potential to it. And then I think, you know, in all honesty, speaking uh, about it as a former person who worked for Flow Track, I think it did get to be a little bit too much like in your face and too mainstream yeah. to the point where people are like, OK, uh, that's that's about it. I, I'm the interest in the beer mile tapered down and they haven't held like a world championships themselves in a while. Um, so where does it sort of go uh, now with someone like you who, you know, the reason why I, I reached out because I wanted to do this podcast is because when I did come across the first YouTube video of that I saw of yours and I saw the time, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe like it's gotten this fast and we've sort of at this point gotten to like, uh, all right, beer mile. Right. No, I'm a hundred percent with you. And that's it's something I think about a lot actually is what, what additionally could be done to grow it as a sport or are there other variations of it or mm-hmm. what is the case? Because definitely I think that it's still just as popular, if not more popular, just at like the local, like mm-hmm. club level, fun yeah. level. I, I think pretty much everyone who's a part of a, a club or team anywhere, you know, even around the world does it uh, at some point, but, but totally with you. It's how many, how many times do you really want to watch, you know, someone go like, okay, you watch someone do a 440 beer mile. It's insanely impressive. Then what's the incentive to watch a 437? Is it really that much more yeah, impressive? Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I think, I think a big part of it is kind of like any other sport. There has to be some sort of storyline there yeah. and, and you have to get to know the athletes and, uh, just really understand like how it, how crazy it is mm-hmm. to some extent and and also just have some like have some sort of uh you know emotions for the for the overall story of it so i think right now the beer mile doesn't have a whole lot going on besides the beer mile world classic the championship that happens every mm-hmm. summer besides that there's not really anything that happens throughout the year and so that was part of the you know starting the starting the new youtube channel was just like putting more stuff out there like there's more there's more to this and mm-hmm. it's more like the the atmosphere of the beer mile just being like this fun like way to challenge yourself in a weird way and and race for bragging rights against friends like you can do that across a number of different things doesn't have to be alcohol related but just all sorts of crazy challenges like fun events everything like that so i think that's really kind of the way to make it grow is to have beer mile events be at least at the official level you know have it be a part of a greater Mm -hmm. thing and not just be its own standalone like at the olympics there's a gold medal in the beer mile (laughs) i don't think that's going to be the level that it gets to i think it's more it's more of a like a cultural lifestyle thing than it is like a a crazy sport that there's like a world like a world title that's like super sought after Mm -hmm. and like all all of that sort of stuff yeah and and i think the part that sticks out to me about what you just said is just you know conveying to the audience just how crazy it is so for you and and sort of your you know your record of 437 how crazy is it when you break it down for us can you i guess like sort of take us through that particular race but i'm more intrigued in sort of like the splits and what what you felt went right and wrong for that to be the best you know your best performance yeah yeah and i i wish i really wish i could redo that 437 over again because i know i was faster on the day than that maybe not 
433 world record, but for sure faster. Uh, basically I went out way too fast. Um, my, my running club, it was a part of like an intra squad track meet. And so I had people there cheering. Mm -hmm. It's the first time I had like a big crew of people cheering in a while for one. And I went out and basically I, I chugged the first beer in like five seconds and was out in 60 or 61. And I was just like, man, I, I went out way too quick. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew it right then, but I was like, just work hard, just work hard. Um, and, and so I was actually honestly surprised to end up running a, a PR by a second at that because I went out way too hard. Um, so and if I could do anything differently, I would have run, run slower that first 400. And you had pacers for this or, or was this when you solo? <laughs> the, the, basically solo, there were a couple of guys that were like on the back stretch. They were kind of like running alongside okay, of me yeah, and yeah. then kind of cutting in and just like, just something to motivate me a little yeah. bit. But, um, but yeah, versus like the th 438, that was my previous PR. I was in way worse shape. I, and, and I did it the right way though. I, I was running like 64 second laps mm -hmm. and then closed in like a 61 versus this time was open up in a 60, 61 and then start running 64, 65 and just hanging on for dear life. Yeah. So I think on that day, I probably could have shaved a few seconds just being smarter. Uh, but, but either way, you know, I, I just want to get, get fitter overall to be able to, to run that time, uh, come spring. So what were your drinking splits? Drinking splits are, they're always five to six seconds. That's okay. pretty standard. Yeah. It doesn't really come out of the bottle faster than five. Like some, sometimes there's splits that are like four, eight or four, nine. Yeah. But I was like, about to ask, but it was like, has anyone had like the fastest known chug? <laughs> there, I think a couple of those Canadian guys, there's two Canadians that are former record holders, uh, Corey Gallagher and Lewis Kent. Those guys always can, I think it's sub five on that first beer. So, I mean, that, that would be like the, that's prime time. If you're in the five to six seconds that's pretty like if you go to a, a like a championship competition pretty much everyone who's going to be in the race uh like competing for the top is just going to be out in like the same exact amount of time it's oh, just yeah. a matter of you know how fast can you chug it um sort of like i i, I know this is being like super technical but i'm curious about it. i'm sure there's people listening who are curious about it what goes into like that you know that five second perfect chug or even like to get it under four eight and that kind of stuff is it just sort of you have to hold the bottle at a certain angle you have to open your throat suck down what how does it work <laughs> there there definitely is some like bottle angle at play uh you well first of all you got to be able to get the cap off right away because they're not open so like don't, is that why don't, people wear the glove and that's why people wear the glove is to just have grip because that's the worst case scenario is you get a bottle that the the tolerance on the cap was too tight and you're just like wow game over uh yeah so that getting the cap off and then you actually want to start chugging and this is especially true with the tolerance on the amount of beer you can have left over because mm -hmm. the 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 more vertical you hold the bottle the more foam you're going to produce because it will create like that glug 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 versus if you hold the bottle parallel to the ground to start more or less mm -hmm. there's still an air pocket at the top of the neck that goes to the back of the bottle. So ideally you start the bottle closer to parallel to the ground and then you slowly tilt it up as you go as more beer is left. And that's the way to get less foam, which then you have less stomach issues as you run, you have less carbonation, and then you just have less uh, beer left over so you don't risk disqualification as well. That sounded all super sciencey smart. How did you learn that? <laughs> Trial and error uh, <laughs> and a mix of other other people trying it. I wasn't you know, for better or worse, I wasn't the first person to do the, to try the beer mile. I think, you know, I, I, one of my biggest regrets is like, man, if I'd only known sooner, like I could have, I could have been the record holder before Corey came along, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but no, a lot of trial and error people that have came before me learning from them, but also, yeah, I just, I, in the past, you know, I bought in 
bought uh, packs of beer and just pour them out over, you know, over a pint glass or whatever, and just kind of see, does it, if I hold it this way, does it, does it uh, foam up more? If I mm -hmm. hold it this way, does it foam up more? And is the time the same? Just, I mean, science, just yeah. straight science experimentation. I, I'll tell you, I mean, YouTube videos, I think you need to get on, on that. And it's sort of like, I, I'm a hundred percent sure tutorials on that kind of stuff would definitely rack up some views. I, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I think I'll, I'll I'll take that advice and I'll start making some uh, beer mile training tip videos. Why not? Yeah. So uh, so it's funny because I part of me is also asking for one of my friends. His name his name is Kevin, and he I told him I was going to do this podcast with you, uh, and he was he said he said he's one hundred percent going to listen because he's got a a beer mile coming up like the day before Thanksgiving that him and his buddies have like awesome. a bunch of money on, and so um, as a novice. Someone who is, you know, three miles, he's done one before and it's, I think he ran like 830 or something like that. So he's three weeks out from, you know, this next one. Uh, what can he do sort of in these next three weeks to prepare and maybe, you know, I don't know, give it a shot at breaking eight or something like that. Like, what do you, how, how, how do you train for a beer mile with three weeks prep? Because, you know, he got into, he texted me, I think the other day and he was like, maybe all I have to do these next three weeks is every Sunday people do you know, Sunday long runs, I might just have to do Sunday time trials and subscribing to this theory of the more beer, beer miles I do beforehand, maybe I'll get it, get, you know, get the hang of it down. Uh, but what would you say? And like, is, is that, you know, thinking flawed? So first of all, it, what's his, uh, running, running mile time? Oof, I have no idea. He's not a big runner. Like he's, he's, I think he tried to crack two hours and a half marathon. I'm talking like my buddy's chubby here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like this is, but he, you know, he's running, I think, uh, 80s, I think, for his for his quarters oh, here and there. He's good to go then. He's good yeah. to go. Yeah, the, the only reason I asked that, I just wanted to make sure that it's like, like 80s to 90s, I think, is what he can run a quarter in. Um, and recently, actually, yeah, yeah. If you've got some tips, I'll try and pull up his text to see what, what he split just the other day. Okay, perfect, perfect. No, the only reason I asked that is I, uh, just wanted to ensure like any sort of training that we're doing here in preparations isn't going to slow him down too much from the from the beer mile itself. But no, I have a couple of things. So number one, like I mentioned earlier, just fill up the empty container with water at your sink, the can or bottle, whatever he's going to go with. Just chug it multiple times a day and do that. So practice the chugging technique. And, and you then, do that a couple times before you're full on. And also, yeah, and also right before I, I'll do that. I'll do usually um, two to three bottles as fast as I can back to back like a couple hours before as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd recommend that. And also while he's doing that, he should do four of them at once. So four bottles of water in a row because then his stomach will get ready for that as yeah. well. So it's a matter of the technique and then the stomach just being ready. I think those are two huge things. And then I also like the prescribing to just do one a week until yeah. then, because you don't know how it's going to feel unless you, unless you do it. Yeah. So I, I think that would be a great way to put what he's practicing with the water in play. And then that way he's still only, you know, drinking once a week unless he wants to drink other times <laughs> a week. But he's still only drinking once a week for the beer mile and yeah. just doing some practice runs. So how, how far in advance do you typically do that before your sort of like your race and your time trial? Yeah, I I kind of still follow similar process, I guess, to what I would for a normal mile. So like I try to eat a meal, say, three to four hours before the race, just mm -hmm. like I would in a normal mile race. And then usually pretty soon after that is when I'll do the chug and I know it's going to hurt like stomach wise. Uh, but that's kind of the point is just say two to three hours before the actual race chug, like three bottles as fast as I can. And then it's just one, you get the reminder on your, on your, you know, swallowing the water, what you should be doing, but then also your stomach 
is like fully expanded. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is how my stomach is going to feel two hours from now. So then it's no shocker when you get to the third or fourth beer and you're really full yeah, and, yeah. and stuff. You're just, oh, okay. I, I felt like this three hours ago. No big deal. All right. I've got Kevin's text. And, and so uh, let's see. So yesterday he uh, did a time trial, but it didn't go so hot because he said he got stopped by ShopRite security after two laps uh, and three beers. And he was at that point finishing the third beer. He was at 4.15. Um, and so he said first beer, seven seconds. Second one was 10 seconds, and the third one was like 12, and then he started running for for a little bit. He says his new chugging technique is much faster. I don't know what that means. Oh, this guy's a beast. Yeah. Seven seconds on the – that's – yeah, he's he's good to go. Most people can't – yeah, can't so chug a beer that he says quick. He says, I'm definitely on pace to break eight, so who would have known what would have happened on beer four? But he's like, it's pretty promising for a first-time first time, time trial. A hundred percent. No, that that is perfect. I mean, I, I think back to like – my first 10 times doing it. And the drinking is definitely the harder part mm -hmm. to get down one, just chugging a beer without stopping. Cause you don't do that all the time necessarily. And then when you have three or four and all the carbonation, you're out of breath from mm -hmm. running. So the fact that he can already do seven and 10 and 12, he's, Oh yeah, no, he, he's good to go. He has, he has some talent there for sure. So we've already sort of like dove into the glove. I'm, I'm going to get into some of the, the technical aspects of, you know, the beer mile has, is there no rule yet on, on the shoes? Cause I know I've seen you do them on the track with the, uh, the next percent. And now I guess the world athletic rules, you know, I think right, going right. forward in December are going to be none of those chonky boys on, <laughs> on the track. Uh, so what is the beer mile going to do you think? That's a great question. I mean, the beer mile, unless it becomes a, an Olympic event or anything, probably not going to do anything about it. But uh, yeah, I, I have you spiked up for it. I've done it both ways, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, like in my attempts for the beer mile uh, world championship in June, where I did three in a in a week, I did spikes for two of the three, mm -hmm. and then just happened to do the vapor flies for the one I submitted. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, was it happened to, or was it was it meant to be? I really don't know. I I go back and forth all the time. Some days when I'm wearing spikes, I think for a mile, I think they're way faster. Some days mm -hmm. I wear the vapor flies and I just feel like I hit differently in them. I mean, obviously 5k and up vapor flies are definitely faster in my opinion. Yeah. I haven't tried the dragonflies, so I don't know about those, but for, for me on the vapor fly decision is more, I think part of it was more just this doing the spikes that often was like, especially when I did the three in a week, it just tore up my calves. Oh, yeah. And so I only switched Oof. to the vapor flies. Cause I was like, my calves are wrecked. Like, yeah. I can't keep running in spikes anymore. And I'm worried about my life outside of beer miling. Like, am I going to get hurt from doing this that I can't keep running and doing something else? And, and I'm, I've had a history of Achilles issues, not recently, thankfully, but like two years ago, four mm -hmm. years, just throughout. So, um, so if anything, for me, it's more like, don't get the Achilles issues. Mm -hmm. And also if I know I have multiple big efforts coming up, they, I think the vapor flies help a lot with recovery yeah. and everything like that. So just not as much stress on your lower legs. And so for that reason, that's why I picked it, but I'm still, I'm debating myself whether spikes are faster for a mile on a track or the vapor flies. I really don't know. Uh, another variable that you can control is the beer choice. Uh, why do you go with blue moon? The main reason is that it seems to be less carbonation than the other options. The, mm -hmm. the hard part about bottles is that there aren't that many bottles that are twist offs that are 5% alcohol. Okay. And so some of the beer milers internationally will just carry a bottle opener with them. But I mean, I, that definitely takes more time than twisting yeah. something off in the U S you really have Budweiser, Bud Light Platinum or Blue Moon. 
And so and Coors Banquet, I think. Also. And Coors Banquet, yes, yeah, yeah. correct, correct. So, <laughs> out, so out of those, uh, I've done all of them multiple times, and and I think the Blue Moon one, I just like the taste better. I mean, it, yeah. tastes, it tastes really good. <laughs> and the other reason, I, I it just seems to be slightly less carbonated. Uh, it do, it's it's heavier, like it's a thicker beer, but. That's never been an issue for me, like the, the yeah. fullness. It's more, I'd rather have the less carbonation if I can. And so just, I tried it once and PR'd the first time I did it. And it's just one of those things that I haven't switched back. Yeah. So wait, what other ones have you experimented with? Because in my head, I was like thinking, I was like, oh, Bud Light Platinum. I like the way that that goes down. Nice. But then I'm like, wait, but that's like 6%. Uh, like, And yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be hammered by the end of the second lap. <laughs> if Blue Moon wasn't available, uh, it would be Bud Light Platinum. Okay. No doubt. It would definitely be that. That is that is for sure the other one that's like the smoothest goes down well bottle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely if you don't throw up after that one, you're going to have a fun night because <laughs> it's really strong. I guess Blue Moon also is in the fives. Uh, it's not just five even, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's very strong. Budweiser, oh god, it just doesn't taste great, no. and just the carbonation, not great. I, I've done some random beer miles, not for like time, mm -hmm. but just for fun with random other beers, like beers that require openers and all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff. And and I don't know, Blue Moon just kind of sits a little bit above the rest for me. And and if they're if they're listening, they should uh, reach out. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> I would love to have a sponsorship with Blue Moon and get some uh, free cases of Blue Moon. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, you're out here in Chicago. I'm sure like Goose Island would be heavy, right? To to try and uh, to I, try and yeah, run a fast one. I think that Goose Island like three one two would be an awesome beer for it. It's just not five percent. Oh, and okay. So I maybe their four star pills could work, but it's also not in a twist off. So I, I definitely would if I could go with a go with a local brewery totally would do yeah. that i just haven't found it's just the, all those variables mm -hmm. that have to line up so now here's just like it's something i've never really like given too too much thought to but you know there is that five percent rule that it needs to be above five percent for it to be sort of like beer mile rules legal um if you go under like let's say bud light right yeah how much faster do you think you could run a beer mile in if it was like a light beer? I don't think I could run any faster. Really? Because the, it's such a short event that the alcohol doesn't actually affect you. Okay. It, the hard part is just the the volume and the carbonation. And so when I, there's like totally this whole side of the beer mile that's like, oh, you're a wuss. You did less than 5%. <laughs> I don't I don't think that that's necessarily true. Like definitely if you're switching and you're mm -hmm. doing like a cider or a, or a white claw or something. Yeah, definitely. That's that's different. But like I think even a Bud Light or a Miller Light, whatever, it's still going to be pretty much equally hard, in my yeah. opinion. What are the seltzer records right now? Like, oh man, maybe that's an idea for uh, for a record <laughs> to get. I actually don't know. I haven't really seen anyone going for seltzer records. Yeah, because those those really had an uptick in popularity. I would say like within the last two years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely another another YouTube video <laughs> idea. Might have to go for that as well. Um, the other YouTube video that, of course, was captivating was you did the beer two mile record, um, which the previous record was eleven thirty nine, and then on September fourteenth, you just destroyed it. You ran ten eighteen, and the splits for that I think were just so even. It was like five oh nine, five oh nine. I would have never guessed, even this, like well, while I was doing it or right afterwards, I would have never guessed that I was even because it yeah. didn't feel like that. That but. makes me feel awful. My <laughs> straight up mile PR is 509. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for that, same exact beer mile rules applied, right? And yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think 509, 509 without stopping. Eight beers in ten minutes and eighteen seconds is hard for someone to just do just straight up. How did this race go down? <laughs> this race was 
it's so weird. Like you, some of the best race, I mean, I, I, a lot of pros, everyone talks about this. Like some of your best races that you can think of are like not when you were expecting it mm-hmm. by any, and by any means. And this was the same way. Like I've tried the beer, but two mile a couple of times, usually try it like once a year because it's always something where I, I know that like I can eat a lot. So I know that my stomach is capable mm-hmm. of holding a lot of volume of stuff. Yeah. And so I've always tried it and I've never made it past like six or seven beers. And so going into this, I was actually, this was a preparation, like a training workout for the beer mile world record attempt. And I was actually just going to go do a straight beer mile at the track. And I was like, man, I just don't feel like running that fast today. So I was like, what if I just do, um, instead of, you know, trying to run a mile PR, what if I just run like 70 ish, whatever for the laps and do the beer chugs and it'll still be a good training run, run like a whatever, Mm -hmm. five minute beer mile. And I got through like the third and the fourth beer and I was like, so before, before, I guess before I even go into the race, I, I kind of had in the back of my mind, what if my out is, I do feel good and I bring eight beers just in case. And so I brought eight beers and like the third and fourth, I was like, I just, am not getting full. Like, I don't feel like anything's happening and my legs feel fine. And so, yeah, once I got to the fourth beer and had it down and coming into the, the fifth, I just, my wife was like standing over there by the finish line. And I just like, was like pointing at her, like put up another beer, like, let's keep going. <laughs> and then, so it was just a matter of just one at a time, one at a time. And yeah, I, yeah, it was weird. It was like going into that night. It was just a normal night, worked all day, just kind of felt like blah. I don't know. I was just going to mm-hmm. go do this training run because I feel like I need to do it. And it just happened. I it's, it's weird. It just happened. Stomach agreed that day, the running felt that was just the right pace to be running mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And I was very surprised that it was that even, uh, even of splits. Yeah. The, and the last part of the video is you forcing yourself to throw up. Yeah. Why was that important? <laughs> One, the reason I kept that on the video, even though it's gross is because I wanted people to know that I'm not keeping eight beers in me. Like that's not healthy. So <laughs> no, I, I knew like, there's no reason I should have eight beers worth of alcohol in me within with 10 it. minutes <laughs> and just have that sitting in me. So the main, I mean, I, I felt like I needed to regardless. I felt super uncomfortable. I was so stuffed and so full, but part of leaving that in there was like, Hey, I'm not like crazy alcoholic yeah. here. Like I'm getting the beers out. Like this is really just uh similar to like an eating challenge or whatever the case may be. But, but yeah, I, I had to get like four or five of the beers out afterwards. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. I still was buzzed after that, but, yeah. but no more than I was for the beer mile because of how much I was able to get out on the track. Well that, okay. So that answers what I would have asked next, which was just like, typically like how, you know, buzzed or drunk do you get sort of after some of these attempts? And I guess like the key is to not get hammered. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For for a normal beer mile, yeah. So I, I never have puked after just doing a beer mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for that, I'd say it's, I mean, it's definitely a strong buzz. Like I feel like that's like a perfect... I always say like, that's like a perfect pregame essentially. Like if you're going to go out for mm-hmm. the night or whatever, you do that and then you kind of wait for like 30 minutes and you're just like at a good, like mm-hmm. a good level for hanging out for the night. <laughs> uh, that's how I would describe the beer mile beer two mile. I mean, that would have been like on the floor oh, just yeah. feeling like shit. So I no no puked it out and was yeah. Back to basically the beer mile feeling yeah. because of the amount that I got out afterwards. <laughs> One of the viral videos that I think was sent to Sidious mag back in like 2017 or 18 was this kid at Notre Dame who decided to run a half marathon. Uh, and he drank a beer every mile. And I think it ended up being like, as, cause at that point I don't think there really was one, uh, the beer half marathon world record. And I, I forget what he ended up running, but it, it's somewhere out there on YouTube. Um, is that something that you think, I'm sure like the time was nothing too crazy, um, but 
extending it and going sort of to the roads and doing it per because a beer 5k if you had to drink a mile like one beer every mile it's not that challenging i would say but a half marathon 13 miles 13 beers spanned over whatever you know split you're running at at that point like it could be you know every six minutes every seven minutes that does sound sort of like challenging and also not encouraged but um is that something that is floated in your head absolutely has floated in my head uh no i remember seeing that video as well uh and he was doing it like just in a road race like just stopping every mile and doing it and i think well actually i don't even think it was a road race i think it was just him and his buddy just like oh god i got it okay okay i've seen seen another one that is like a road but but either way yeah i i know like i saw that video and i think maybe that was in the 140s there is and I, I don't know if there's a video for this and probably because, you know, I don't know how many people would want to put a video of, out there of this. But from the Swedish beer miling team, I believe they said that one of their guys has done uh, like 120s for a beer half marathon. No, wow, that is. And so if that truly is the record, I don't think that I, I don't think that your I half marathon world record is 68. You're 68. Is, yeah, you're so. So part of me really wants to try this. I. I think that I think I have a 50/50 shot of doing it. The the thing that I don't want I, I re- so the the whole thing that's nice about the beer mile and the beer 2 mile is you don't actually get drunk while doing it right. really. Like you might get slight dizziness or something at the end, but you would if you're running an all out mile and breathing hard anyway. So the beer half marathon though you're out there for over an hour, all of those beers are just accumulating in you and and if it, you and, puke I think it's over. Exactly. And that's and probably the what the official for official be. records purpose you can't yeah. puke. So I don't know if I want to drink I, I don't know if i would remember the last 5k of the no, run and i don't think i would and that's what scares me is yeah. like i don't know if i want to be at a point where i have to keep running a six minute mile and i don't even yeah. like not going to remember it i don't know if that would be fun or not that's why I like the marathon don't do not yes do, do not do that do not do that yeah the half if i did the half i would find like a one mile loop like mm-hmm. say somewhere in the suburbs that's, that's right. like secluded yeah. and i just have like people there and then basically just if i drop out i mean whatever yeah. i'm just like by someone's house or something like so maybe maybe i don't know we'll we'll see (laughs) the other one i guess would be uh i've I've heard a couple college kids probably have done this 100 100 miles in a week and 100 beers that doesn't sound i've done it you've done it (laughs) (laughs) how how does that feel at the end of the week or like it's not it's not great do you Uh, get to like thursday or friday and it's like all right i've got to pick up the pace on one or the other so the way, yeah, I, I did it. I did it with a buddy. I'll leave him on name just in case he doesn't want to share it. I did it with a buddy, um, actually in 2020 because there's no races. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, so I don't want to say it's easy because I don't encourage people to do it. Cause no. it's not easy. It's, not, it's easy. not easy. Um, it was actually not. So going into it, I was like, the running is going to, cause I'd never run a hundred mile a week. So I was like, I'm nervous about the running. <laughs> Oddly enough, I was nervous about the running. But that actually ended up not being too bad. The way uh-huh. we structured it was we started on a Saturday. And so Saturday and Sunday, we just were like, we're going to run as many miles as we can. We're going to drink as much as we can. And so the first day we did like 20 miles, 20 beers. The next day we did like 14 miles, 20 beers, something like that. So we banked a lot early. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the week, the the ma- thing that did make it hard was that we still worked. Yeah. So it was like you didn't drink at all during the day. So like you get off work. So essentially we would do like an hour run at lunch mm-hmm. and then right after work, we'd do our other four to five miles. So that would okay. get us our 13 miles a day of those two runs. And then it's 6 PM and you're like, I got to drink 12 beers, but by the time I go to bed <laughs> oh, no. and, and that's what made it, that's what actually made it difficult was you, 
you feel like crap in the morning. You have your lunch run. You're almost like, okay, I feel decent. You have your second run. You're like, okay, I feel like a human again. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, you drink 12 beers. Well, you don't, your stomach doesn't want to drink 12 beers, but you do it. And then you're just like, God, that sucked. You go to bed, you wake up, you do it all over again. So no, it's not, none of it was fun. Honestly, Mm -hmm. like it was, it was fun to do it with someone. I would never do it alone, but it wasn't, no day was like, I'm excited. We're partying. We're having fun. No, it wasn't like that at all. It was, it was like, God, I got to force myself to drink. This sucks. I don't want to do this. Well, I want to get out and ahead of it because there's going to be some people who maybe, you know, listen to this and are like, well, that's just not healthy. Or, uh, just to like, you know, how do you know that you don't have a problem? And it's sort of like, I can tell from you and, and just knowing you, um, kind of like over, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's just like, you, you know, when to, to, to cut, uh, pull the plug. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I don't want anyone to one to be influenced to think that it's okay to do it all the time. And also to think that I'm just like a booze bag that drinks all the time. Cause that's absolutely not true. And that's why even like with beer mile training, I always say you got to just be a faster runner. Mm-hmm. And part of that means like not drinking a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. Like last fall when I was training for the marathon, I like never drank. Like that was just mm-hmm. a part of it. And so no, absolutely. Like there's no way like for doing challenges or for training for the beer mile, do not be drinking every day, like <laughs> drink a healthy amount, like have some drinks whenever or occasionally. But, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Echo that. I'm not drinking every day of the week. <laughs> like I'm that, not that, that 12 <laughs> before going to bed was not a regular thing. That it's is not. not a regular thing. No, absolutely not. I rarely drink. That is not the case at all. It was for a challenge and to say I did it. And it was, it was exactly a, it was a bucket list thing that I wanted to see if I could do one and done. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Um, so in terms of getting faster and your mile PR is four, four thirteen. Um, obviously there aren't like too many opportunities to run like a, you know, a, you know, on the track, a legit mile, you know, and, and get like with the official timing and all that kind of stuff. But where did you sort of like feel you were like the past, you know, couple months when you were training? And cause that's kind of like all we have to do right right now exactly yeah it's unfortunate post-collegially that it's so hard to get into meets and the mm-hmm. ones that can get into unattached are typically indoor and it's like yeah. that's not gonna be as fast for the mile i think this considering i ran like i ran 413 414 in the 437 mm-hmm. beer mile i i would like to think i could run at least like Wait, high that, that was a split you, ran, you yeah 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 holy shit i mean basically i'm running my mile PR <laughs> in the beer mile and that's why i would like to think if i was on an outdoor track in a real race i think i could run say like 408, give or take, like based on the fitness I was in on the right day. And so, I mean, hopefully I don't think I'll ever be a sub four beer mile. I don't think I have the, like the raw speed for that. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I think like a 405 mile could be reasonable on an outdoor track if I had the right competition, right opportunity. I mean, have a few more years to do it before I'm like just getting older and slower, but still in my prime years. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully that can happen. Um, We've had this discussion uh, before, uh, you know, off, you know, not recording, but professional runners, you obviously can see people's PRs. You're familiar with the with the top end of the sport. Um, who is sort of like the professional athlete you would love to see take a crack at a beer mile? Um, and what do you think? Like, I think I know you said 420 is like the ceiling of what someone could probably run. Like, you know, I like to think the Elliot Kipchoge thing, no human is limited. Uh, the same exact thing maybe applies to, to the beer mile, but how fast do you think the pro that you would want to see think you, you think they could go? Yeah, I, at least, so I, I've thought about a lot of pros and wondering what they could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 
someone who is like somewhat out there, I guess that, you know, he, he likes beer is someone like Craig Angles. Mm-hmm. And so obviously he hella fast. I think if there's I, it, the whole thing that's so hard is just, you don't never know how someone's going to respond to the volume. Like right. I don't doubt that he could chug a beer quickly. I obviously can run fast. So very curious what he could do for, uh, for a beer mile. I mean, I would just love to see someone like Centro do it. I don't, yeah. I don't know if he could do four beers, but I just love to see it. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what his, uh, his level of party boy drinking is, but he would be another one. I also think just based on kind of the vibe, I feel like a Tin Man beer mile would just be awesome to see, like uh, all of them racing yeah. each other. I think or, Drew Hunter's finally twenty one. Maybe he could yeah, that's beer. true. God, he's so young. He's so young. Got fast so young. I and that would be super fun. Like if I was ever in Boulder and they were in the off season and just like, hey guys, oh, let's just go you to a would beer have mile and like yeah. I'll pay you if you can beat me in a beer mile. Like that would be hilarious. That'd yeah. be so fun. Uh, so those are some of the ones that I have. I know yeah. you mentioned Eric, Eric Jenkins. Eric Jenkins would be my pick. And, you know, I know he's had like his his battles with injuries over the years, but I've been in a situation where I've seen Eric Jenkins chug, uh, chug a Smirnoff ice before. And it was the most impressive thing I've seen. I've never seen it done quicker. I've seen you chug a Smirnoff ice and I would say maybe they're very comparable. So my pick would be Eric Jenkins. You know, if if like he's 100% healthy, I think head to head angles versus uh, Jenkins, it would be a very tight race, and I would probably take uh, Eric Jenkins. I love it. I love it, man. There's got to be a way to get these guys out there to do this. Yeah, well, I mean, so that was the funniest part was when when we came up with the the blue jean mile and just kind of seeing how far I think the 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 prize money is still there. I think we've offered up 1200 bucks to the first uh, person to break four minutes in a pair of blue jeans. Because at that point, we thought, all right, maybe uh, a beer mile is kind of like, we, we like same exact thing we discussed before. The popularity was sort of like wavering. We need something new. And we, we came up with, the, with the, the blue jean mile, and now it's down to 406 that Johnny Gregoric did. No one has ever done a blue jean beer mile, to my knowledge. But I mean, if that's something that that, that crosses your mind for a YouTube video, um, but yeah, so it's sort of, I don't know. It's it's money talk sometimes, and I wonder uh, if you if we offered up, all right, on a, in a head to head winner take all thousand bucks angles versus Jenkins beer mile, how fast could they go? I have no idea. <laughs> You're actually giving me some ideas. I I would totally be willing to to put up. Well, so I think you would probably. You could so it goes I think four four oh six for uh, Johnny Gregoric and then four eleven for was the previous world record before that. You could probably end up with a top five time in the Blue Jean Mile straight up no beers. That's true, man. <laughs> I got so many so many competitions to do. No, I I would I would definitely do a Blue Jean Mile and I think the Blue Jean Beer Mile would be great. And I also I would be willing to I would be willing just for like the right to create the video for it. I would be willing to pay if Angles and Jenkins and any 10 man that want in, if they would <laughs> race each other in a beer mile and I'll pay the winner a thousand bucks, it'd be worth it for me to be able to video that and watch that. I I'd totally do it. Wow. All right. So you heard it here. We've got you on the record. I know, I think Sidious Mag could probably throw down maybe a couple hundred bucks, I think into, into that. And as you know, before we know it, we've got 1500 bucks to 2000 bucks to the first, uh, to Jenkins versus uh, Angles in a beer mile, I I would watch that. Would you throw yourself in that race? Possibly, like I'd be fine either way. If they if if you I would love to like to, Oregon, yeah, I would love to be in the race if they want it. Um, <laughs> if if they want to just go head to head and actually, how about this? I'll throw myself in the race. 
Um, but either way, whichever one of them win, I'll still pay them the money just because I want to, I want to see them actually yeah, get yeah. involved. Oh, and do okay. It. So yeah. it would be, it would be, a, wow. I think we're creating an actual race here <laughs> live on this podcast. So it'd be Jenkins versus Engels. Winner of those two takes home, uh, takes home the prize purse, which we will determine. And you are also in the race so that we can see in sort of context what the American record it, 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 this is what all people talk about constantly yeah. is when especially when you, when you watch the Olympics, there's that line that they have on the broadcast. It's like that is the world record line. And you could see where the the swimmers are in relation to it. In this case, you would be in the actual race. And that's like the American record. Um I like this idea a lot, and you know, un- unfortunately, I think like the Oregon project maybe ties Craig down to a little bit more serious mm-hmm. training, but I think and, and Jenkins maybe too. But there's uh, there's something here, and we might we might have to to play around with this idea a little bit. I yeah, and, and I think we get the right people on the phone, and we could we could possibly make it happen. We'll have it, um, you know, we'll have everyone take COVID tests, you know, beforehand. And I think it, I think it's a possibility. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Let's, let's get it done. I, I think this would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And, and I think it would be also great from a viewer's standpoint, because I will chug the first beer faster than them and get out ahead of them. They'll probably blow by me on first. the first lap. Okay. <laughs> and so that it'll, I think it's just going to be like a back and forth thing, you know, like maybe I'll pass them on the chug. They'll pass me back on the lap and it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. That is very interesting to sort of like try and envision. Um, all right, so you've got this YouTube uh, channel that you've launched uh, over the past couple weeks. Um, when I ran into you at the Montrose track, you were doing uh, this T-shirt challenge, which was you run a lap, throw on a T-shirt, uh, and just see how how far you can go. And I think the record previously was 50. You ended up doing 57. Which to the people listening at home, that's more than 14 miles on a track. What exactly were the rules with it, and like how did it go down? Yeah, so the rules, uh, yeah, you put on a, sh- you start shirtless, put on a shirt, run a lap, and you just do that as many times as you can. Um, and you have to finish each shirt plus lap in under two minutes. Mm-hmm. So you say you put on the shirt and it takes 10 seconds. You have a minute 50 to run the lap, and then you start the next one. And so if you fall behind pace, you're eliminated basically. Uh, and yeah, we. I, I kind of wish I would have brought more shirts now because we, we brought 57 shirts. Like that was the amount that we brought. And, uh, I think we could have done some more, but it still is, it still is interesting because you're like sizing up shirts as you go. And so yeah. you get, we are, we're already on the four XLs. It's like, do we need to keep buying higher, like bigger numbers of shirts? I don't really know, but it was an absolute blast. And it was just, the hard part was surprising how heavy they are and just yeah. like my knees and like my form felt weird and my hip flexors were like sore for a couple of days after that <laughs> i'll give you guys more props because uh when i showed up to the track i was there to do a workout and you know i i ran a warm-up to get there and then i hopped on the track for a little bit and i was like i can't I can't do my workout with these guys passing me left and right with, with 50 something t-shirts on. And so, um, I quit on my workout, but then afterwards you guys did challenge each other to a uh, 200 meter race and with 57 t-shirts on, you ran 30, right? Yeah, (laughs) it was a weird feeling and I was really surprised it was that quick, but uh, it hurt. It hurt very bad. So you're giving, you know, a lot of these viewers is, you know, after I'll include the link to your YouTube page in the show notes, um, 
but it's it's very entertaining i'll I'll give you that and, and sort of like this is what um a lot of people could do to add some sort of character and i think it's exactly goes back to your point of like when it comes to sort of like the beer mile what do we have to do to popularize it i think it's building up some of these personalities and then so now that people can watch you on this youtube channel is it yours or is it like the beermile.com channel so the i guess the recent breaking news and the reason we started the youtube channel was that um my buddy adam who mm-hmm. was at the track and i we purchased beermile.com a oh, month wow. ago Amazing. Um, so the founder of it it's been around for 20 plus years he just doesn't have the time to work on it he's got his other businesses his children etc and so uh so he sold it to us and so part of this is one we're completely redoing beermile.com like the look and feel of it what what you can do there having a news aspect of it video aspect and then on the side to try to grow just overall this the interest in the sport and and uh just be more of an entertainment media outlet versus just you know a, a database uh yeah, we've made the YouTube channel to coincide with that. So yeah, Adam mm-hmm. and I made the Beer Mile Media channel and that on YouTube, and then that coincides with BeerMile.com now yeah. being owned by Beer Mile Media as well. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, no, so it's just another component to you're doing some of these like gimmicky races is what it ultimately yeah. comes down to, um, but it's entertaining for sure. And so what else do you have on tap or what ideas are sort of swirling in your head right now for future videos? Yeah, we have a lot of good ones. Uh, ho- we have like our idea list that continues to grow. Hopefully by the time this comes out, there will be some additional ones on there as well. We've, we've already filmed a Ben and Jerry's pint mile where it's four pints of ice cream in a mile. <laughs> that was super painful. Um, that one's been uh, recorded. We just need to edit it. Um, we're actually going to, do you know the, the Divi bikes in Chicago? Yeah. We're going to do a century bike ride on those on Monday. We're going to ride 100 miles on a no Divi <laughs> on Monday. And so we're, we're trying to do like balance. Like obviously we're doing some that involve like beer or whatever, yeah. but we're trying to do some that aren't anything related to that and just like overall, yeah. you know, physical challenges. So we're going to do that as well. And then like you said, I, I'm going to, I want to do like a treadmill beer mile. I want to do an indoor track beer mile. I'll do, yeah. I'll do a blue jeans beer mile. I'll do it all. I'll try a little bit of everything. <laughs> Uh, with that Divi one, this is just fascinating because <laughs> now it's at the top of my head. Uh, y- how expensive is the is the ride going to be? Because those get charged for what every thirty minutes or so. They do. I think they actually have a new. And I got to double check this before we do it. <laughs> I think there is a new plan now where if you buy a day pass, you only have to check them in every few hours. Oh, okay. So that's kind of the plan. Is <laughs> we might do like I don't even know. Just go up and down the lake, maybe twenty to thirty miles at a time, and come back here. In like so, say ride twenty to thirty miles on the lake. Come back here, dock the bike, eat a bunch of food, and then go back out and do another twenty to thirty yeah. miles. So the goal is, yeah, to do it within the daylight hours on on Monday. We that's yeah, we're gonna take off work and go for it. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> and so it's not one of the electric bikes whatsoever. It's like no, the no, no, no. We want to make it hard. We're gonna go with yeah. And who knows? I mean, I'm maybe shooting myself in the foot if we don't finish this right now. And and you know, everyone hears this and they're like looking for it, and we didn't do it. But we're gonna. I think we can do it. We can do it. It'll take a long time. We'll probably ride. I don't even know. 12 miles per hour like it's gonna be slow we're gonna be out there for 8 to 10 12 hours but wow we'll do it that sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> all right final questions that i asked every guest so first one and i'm curious because i don't know if uh the uh if the 
world, uh, the Beer Mile World Classic involves any sort of drug testing, but funniest drug testing story that you've got. Yeah, no no drug testing stories yet, no. Uh, Feel free to come test me, though. I promise I'm not cheating. If I were cheating, I'd be running sub four miles by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I think, the scandal. If there's no drug testing going on in beer mile, in beer miling, then, you know, might as well let some, some dopers in and, and see how fast they're going. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Some of those, some of those recent fines, like, uh, I mean, I don't... He, you know, I, I don't know if he's been convicted yet, but like McLuffy, let's get him in here for the uh, for the beer mile and let it, let's see what he can do. <laughs> um, meanest thing that you read about yourself on Let's Run dot com. I don't think anything terrible uh, in it, the beer mile is on there once in a while, but it's not too crazy. Mo- mostly positive stuff, I guess. I mean, there, there's always the Let's Run trolls that are yeah. like beer mile stupid, like is not a real runner or whatever. Like that's fine. But no, there's been no personal attacks that I've seen or anything. So. Yeah. At least it, that I've seen. I don't. I don't. I try not to check it religiously. I definitely look a couple times a week on Let's Run, but I'm not like uh, looking at every single message board to see who's calling me out. Well, I just feel like, and that's the thing. When I saw your video of the of the the beer mile American record that you set, it just didn't have like as many views as I thought it probably should have. And I'm like, has Let's Run gotten a hold of this? Like, is this on the message boards? Because it's like, uh, it it definitely deserves more eyes. And I'm sure there would be people who find little particular things to poke at. And like how often sort of when you, when you upload that video, do you have in mind? Cause you have to check every single box. It's like, I need the camera on the bottles to, to make sure that no one is making a big fuss about how much foam is left over and that kind of stuff. So like, it's things that you are attentive to sort of like these comments. Yeah. I've had, I've had to over time. And that's part of the, just as the beer mile has gotten faster, the whole arms race for fast times, like the, the race directors mm-hmm. of the beer mile world classic, they have to put out, rules like if it's a virtual race you have to have a camera on the beer bottles the whole time to make sure no one's pouring them out and so part of it's from them and part of it is just what i've learned is like i want people to know that it's legit because i'm not cheating so what can i do to do that and yeah part of it is just having like i got three different angles of this event for you like there's check it do what you got to do come watch it like, come watch it at the track what uh, has there been any sort of major uh beer mile cheating scandal or no there, there kind of has been one. It wasn't that major, um, but one one way to cheat is to fill up, get someone to fill up a beer bottle that doesn't have beer in it, essentially. So fill it up with water and say it's a dark bottle. Nobody wow. can tell. And there was one case where someone showed up to a race and when they were checking the foam afterwards, there's no foam and it was a clear liquid in the bottle. And it's like, how would you... How would you think you wouldn't get caught doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Like there's not a yellow yeah. liquid coming out. Doesn't make any sense. So that's the only thing I know of. And it didn't make a difference anyway. Cause he, it's not like he, he didn't even win. Like yeah, it yeah. was like, come on. <laughs> he got like middle of the pack. Wait. Okay. So uh, hypothetically, if you attempted to do that sort of thing, right? Uh, you ran beer mile setup, you know, four bottles of water. Uh, and you know, you just did the whole entire regular entire thing. How fast would you run? I don't think any faster. That's what's <laughs> so funny is like I don't it it's not gonna come out of the bottle any faster. And it might be it might be a little bit more comfortable, like on my stomach, yeah. but like I don't know. I'm I'm running as fast as I can run for the mile, so maybe a second or two, but I'm not gonna like go run a four fifteen. So it, it's it's okay. kinda crazy. I don't think it would it even so be faster wild. anyway. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go on a run anywhere in the world, uh assuming you could hold a nice conversa- conversational pace with someone. Uh, who would it be, and where would the run take place? Man, one one person. They don't have to be a runner. Yeah, one person that comes to mind that I would really like to run with, and he is a runner, is Killian Jornet. Okay. I just I don't wow. know. I just feel like I'm inspired by what he does. I 
throughout a few trips that I've had, like to Colorado, um, to the Swiss Alps, et cetera, like I realized that I think hopefully trail running and mountain running is maybe on my horizon. Yeah. I think just from my like limited experience doing it, I seem to respond decently well to that. And Killian especially is just someone who does crazy stuff, but he's so, he's so like laid back about it. Like he's doing something crazy, but he doesn't perceive it as like a crazy, like yeah, super yeah. risky thing. And so I would just love to just run with him and just pick his brain on, on like how he's gotten to where he is and, and all that. I, I think he'd be, I think he would be fun to, fun to meet and run with. Yeah. Have you given like anything like the Grand Canyon, like a shot yet or anything like that? I actually have. That was a few years ago. I, um, with a couple, uh, college running club buddies, actually, we did rim to rim to rim of the Grand Canyon and ran, the, ran the whole thing. Oh, it was, it was actually easier than I, well, I don't want to, <laughs> I, again, I don't want to put like bad bad uh, thoughts of people's mind like oh it's easy but i i was expecting it to be absolutely death just like it would suck and it, it actually was it was doable like it was actually enjoyable it was fun uh we just started early kept it kept mm-hmm. a decent just decent clip but kept it within reason and certainly difficult like no doubt about it certainly yeah. difficult but it, it was something like that where i didn't even train for it and did it and was like man maybe i should like I don't know, try, try actual yeah. mountain races or trail races at some point. Not that I'm not going to be like a Jim Walmsley, but at least like just <laughs> do, do it and maybe I'll be decent at it. Right. Right. Uh, final question is nothing to do with running. You get 25 shots from half court. If you make one, you win $25 million. If you don't make any, you go to jail for 25 years. Would you attempt the shots? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I played a lot of basketball growing up, a lot of traveling teams and stuff, and I probably would have stuck with it, but I didn't ever grow as quick as everyone else did. So, so no, absolutely. I like my chances. Yeah. I like my chances making one from, from half court. Plus it makes for a good YouTube video. Plus it, plus it would. <laughs> hey, that's, that's actually a good one. Trying out the, the 25 shots from half court. Yeah. And if this, uh, we need to put some big punishment in place, <laughs> if I don't do it just to replicate the uh, right. 25 years in prison. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's been great seeing you around Chicago the last couple of weeks and wishing you the best. Rumor has it that this song has been making the rounds in the past week, so that's always awesome and exciting to hear. Uh, Many thanks to Chris for the great conversation in the beer. Go ahead and check out his videos on the Beer Mile Media YouTube channel. There's some funny, awesome videos there and more to come. I just got an update from him. The Divi bike ride is happening, and he said that through 70 miles, he was it was going great. So that's awesome. Can't wait for that one to come out. I've got a new edition of the Sidious Mag newsletter dropping on Wednesday every week. Get your news and commentary and all the latest from the sport directly from me. Super easy to subscribe. It takes less than five seconds on SidiousMag.substack.com. It's also on SidiousMag.com if you check out the side of the homepage. This week, I'm giving away two Sidious Mag crewnecks, so subscribe and find out how to win when it drops in your inbox. That's all I've got. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. Don't just keep the faith. Spread it. See you guys again next week.